0: Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The O.C. Movement. I, I got to be honest with you, the, the greatest thing, there's like three monumental moments in my life. And that is, number one, what God has done in my life. And it's been through a course of a lifetime. Number two is May 25th, 2001, when the doors in the back of a sanctuary open up and I see Megan in the wedding gown and she walks down the aisle. Greatest, one of the greatest days of my life. And number two, and it's okay, I'm allowed to do this, were the two days that both of my kids were born. I'll never forget, I was young. When we got married, I was 20, Uh, And when we had our first child who is now 12 and is actually going to be in service, let me give a shout out to those of you who moved up today. I see a few of you. You're excited to be in here or you're bored. Either way, we're going to have a lot of fun. But uh, my 12-year-old will be in service today, which is crazy that I'm actually preaching to her every week. I got to change a lot of my illustrations now. I'll never forget when she was born. I remember thinking, I've told this before. God, how is it possible? I love you with all my heart. I love my wife. How is it possible to love another human in the same manner? And then when Brooklyn was born, man, it was like my heart grew three sizes. It was crazy, like the Grinch, but I wasn't the Grinch before, just another amazing anomaly. What I didn't realize is that my pocketbook also needed to grow, and that part didn't happen for a long, long time. But I learned a lot of lessons. This may or may not be funny to you. I thought it was pretty hysterical. I learned a lot of lessons along the way being a dad and uh, as you know, I'm I'm from Texas. I grew up in Texas, and you can take the man out of Texas, but you can't necessarily take the Texas out of the man. And so, I just thought it was, it was a fake flex. I was I don't want to you know, and uh, and so I you know as, as such don't just just go ahead and make a covenant not to judge me right now. As such, in Texas, you own guns and you hunt. It's what you do, and uh, I can feel the hate coming from some of you. So just relax and. I used to go hunting on a regular basis. Every September 1st was opening season for Dove. Every September 1st. And we would just go. And uh, about a month and a half ago, I was talking to my kids about it. And just, you know, how we used to make bacon-wrapped Dove nuggets and things like that. And my youngest daughter, Avery, was like, Dad, what do you mean? And then my wife just adds icing. And you know what's even worse about it, babe? Dove mate for life. And so dad may have been taking a spouse. I'm like, babe, what are you doing? This is the thanks I get. And so Avery said, that's it. I'm going to be a vegetarian. I was like, okay. And she did it. I mean, it took her five days to start. She was starting tomorrow for five days. We're having pizza with bacon. on. Okay, I'm going to start tomorrow. And so she did that. But for three weeks, my little six-year-old, seven-year-old, I'm a good father, seven-year-old, Stuck to her convictions and was a vegetarian. I'm talking, we were eating normal burgers and she was eating salad. I was like, man, you are, I love the conviction. After about three weeks, she came up to me and she said, dad, I've decided I'm not going to be a vegetarian anymore. Have you learned your lesson? (laughs) I said, nope. She goes, well, I'm still not going to be a vegetarian. Anyways, that's my only dad. So I love that she was trying to teach me a lesson. By being a vegetarian, and that's that's my story. Anyways, let's pray. We're going to dive into this. I'm excited. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't normally uh, take a holiday Sunday and do a topic specifically on that, but I, because I'm a father and I get to do what I want, I, I decided I'm going to teach a, a lesson specifically to fathers. But here's the crazy thing. No matter who you are, whether you're a mom or dad, an aunt and uncle, a son or daughter, I believe all of us can take something away from this today. I want to unpack four characteristics of a godly father and just before we even d- dive in just pump the brakes cuz I I know the enemy and how he works is going to come in and try to bring feelings of shame and condemnation of things that you haven't accomplished. So let's just go ahead and make a commitment to each other today that what happened 5 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago before you walked through the doors is no longer relevant and what God wants to do is what's important. And let's just make a covenant to each other today or commitment rather that no matter what our gender is, no matter what role we play in the family, that God can still speak to us today. Is that cool? Can we do that? Awesome. All right, well, let's pray, and we're going to dive into this thing. God, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you are a great father to us, that your plans for us are to prosper us and to keep us. And so today, God, we just kind of open our hearts and our ears to hear and receive and to just see whatever it is you want to do or say to us. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone said aloud... Amen and amen. I want to read a scripture to you. It's just a, a simple verse, and I, I actually think it's going to be some powerful insight for you and for me today uh, as we talk about four characteristics of a godly father. And check this verse out. It's one, uh, it's, it's actually two verses. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. It says this. Are y'all ready? If you don't have your Bibles, it's on the screen. If you, you should be able to flip through it on your phone as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says this. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Can I get a ho, oh, oh. Anybody remember Tim, the tool man, Taylor? Anyone old enough? Raise your hand so I can see. Yeah! I actually have a Benford 5000 pulpit. It's back behind. It's Father's Day. I feel like pity, laughter should definitely be happening all day today. Be strong, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Four characteristics of a godly father. I want to talk about four characteristics of a godly father. I'm just going to unpack this, these two verses that we just read, and we're going to have some fun today. And then after today, we want to celebrate you. We've got a backyard barbecue happening in the corridor. I don't know if you saw it on your way in. It looks pretty awesome. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, plan to be with us at any holiday we have. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about one specific thing. We have an amazing event happening in just a few weeks. Actually, it's July 16th. This is our second year in a row to be a part of this. It's called we call it Serve OC. This is a Serve Day where we gather together on a Saturday and we go out and we serve the community. Last year we went to like five or six different locations. We had about a hundred people show up to be a part of this thing. We went like to uh, help out, organize some. Uh, clothing and uh, drop-off place at, the, at a thrift store that all goes to help families in, in dire need. We did that. We fed the homeless in Santa Ana. There's going to be a myriad of things you can get involved with, and you need to do something that I don't know what you're supposed to do. Are they supposed to text something? Nobody? No. Just shake your head. Just say, this sounds awesome. Awesome. No help? Nothing. Save the date. That's what I need you to do. Write the, is, there, is there something behind me? July 16th, save the date. Yeah. It's Father's Day, forgive me and get over it, okay? So listen, make sure you sign up for this thing. It's a Saturday, we, we, listen, we're going to give you a shirt for signing up and we're going to come together, we'll meet here at the Kaleidoscope and then we just take off and I'm telling you last year it was so fun and we'll have things for children of all ages, all the way from uh, infancy all the way up to those of you that are in your 70s and 80s, this is great for you, so uh, make sure you make plans to be there and then let us dive back into the sermon now Does that feel so good. Let me pray a very spiritual prayer to get your attention back. Jesus, amen. Okay, here we go. Four characteristics of a great dad. Four characteristics of a great dad. Great verse. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. I believe these are four characteristics of a great dad, a godly father. And the first one is this. Keep watch. Turn to somebody and say, keep watch. The verse says, be watchful. And dad, I just want to tell you, today I'm going to speak directly to you, dad. So everyone else needs to pay attention. But dad, I'm just going to talk to you for a moment. I just want to tell you, you are commissioned to keep watch. You are commissioned to to keep watch. I want you to know that ain't nobody going to break into my home unscathed. Now, that's not a metaphor. That's literal. Okay. I told you I'm from Texas and you can take me away from Texas, but I have things doesn't even matter. You just don't ever break into my home. You might kill me, but you will be crawling out with nubs because I will take everything I can from you. No laughter. Do you know why I say that? Because the most valuable things in my life are in that home. And nothing is going to come between me and them, at least until my dying breath. Dads, I want you to know that you are commissioned to keep watch, to keep watch. But what does that mean? That isn't just about protecting your home. That isn't just about making sure that your children, your family, your spouse is physically protected. There's some things that we need to be keeping watch for as dads if we want to be a great godly father. And I think one of those things we need to keep watch for is the enemy's attack. Now, I'm not talking about ISIS and Al-Qaeda, and I don't know if I said that correct. It doesn't even matter. I'm talking about the enemy. Listen to what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter verse 5, 8 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, notice it says adversary, not the cute little guy that's on your right shoulder with the red jumpsuit and the pitchfork, your adversary. It's funny how the media tries to downplay the enemy. In fact, in movies, when you have the angel and the demon or the devil on the shoulder, in movies, they always portray people flipping the, flicking the angel off and following the voice of the enemy, don't they? But that's not the way that it works in real life. It's not cute like that. Look at that. Look at the scripture says this. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Notice that it doesn't say in this scripture, it sneaks around like a cute little ground squirrel. One time we lived in a a great home in Grapevine, Texas, and we lived right by this kind of big creek in Texas. We have creeks all over the place, and Man, it was like this wildlife exhibit outside of our home. And we were in the middle of the city, too. But we had owls and coyotes. My wife swore it was a wolf. I was like, babe, this isn't Alaska. It wasn't a wolf. It was a coyote. She called it a wolf. I was like, That's, that doesn't even exist. And, uh, and then one time we came home from, from uh, something. It doesn't matter. And uh, right outside, I'm having a hard time today. Can you all feel me? Right outside, sitting out in front of our home was this little baby raccoon. It was the cutest little thing. Remember an elf? He's like, does somebody need a hug? We went upstairs, and we got some apple slices, and we walked over. And I'm not kidding. This little raccoon sat up on its hind legs, and I thought it was going to attack me, but it reached out with his little claws and grabbed one. And Megan was like, this is so cute. We fed that sucker for like 10 minutes. And some of us think that's what the enemy's like. But the scripture says it's, he's roaming the earth like a roaring lion. Do you know why a lion roars? To signify I'm coming for you. And it doesn't say to snack on, to nibble on but to devour. The enemy's coming after us. You need to know that. And he is relentless. He doesn't just kind of attack on Friday nights when you're in the club. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's not just in your weakest moments. Look at me in the eyes. It's every second of every minute of every day. In fact, he unleashes a demon army in every way possible. And it comes through silent little thoughts in our mind. I'm not good enough. I'm not significant enough. This marriage isn't working. I'm not making it as a father. And he is relentless in that. And we need to be watchful of what the enemy is after. We need to be watchful. Watching for every, you remember the movie Jurassic Park when the raptors were attacking different portions of the cage, trying to find the weak spots, just waiting for the right moment. That's what the enemy's like trying to get into our lives. You know some of the best things you can do is be at church consistently because you're going to be encouraged. You're going to get insight and tools for life. A great thing is to be in a connection with men and women around you that love the Lord and are pursuing Christ for their life. Why? Because when you're surrounded by great people, it's really difficult for the enemy to get in. So we've got to keep an, a watch on the enemy's attack. Another thing we've got to keep a watch for is deception. Listen to the scripture. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says, And no wonder. For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. In other words, the enemy is not going to just come and say, hey, by the way, I'm here to destroy you. I'm going to try and jack up your life. I'm going to try to destroy everything, steal your marriage, steal your kids. I'm going to do everything I can to disrupt your life. No, no, he comes in in a deceptive form through ways of things that make me feel like this is okay. And if we're not careful and watchful... We'll think that this is something God's trying to do, especially in the culture that we live in today. It has a very good, keen way of presenting itself in things that sound good. Have you ever heard the term, God takes care of those who help themselves? That's the most foolish thing I've ever heard in my life. That's not a biblical term. It's not even close to it. But it sounds good, doesn't it? That's the way the enemy works in, is through deception. And the question that we need to ask ourselves is, is this the way, the truth, and the life? Does this coincide with what the word of God says? When I live this way, act this way, talk this way, when I allow this into my life, is this something that God's going, man, I'm so proud of you, that's the right decision. Is it line up with the word? Is it about me getting mine? Is it about me trying to pursue and move my agenda and my ambitions forward? Another thing we need to be watchful of, husbands look at me, fathers look at me, is the weary and The fearful the weary and the fearful. I think as dads, part of our responsibility is to know the emotional state of our home. Do the people in our home feel weary and exhausted? We need to make sure that we're managing the things in our life, our time and our finances well. But we also have to remember that God is our strength. And as a father, we're the ones that put joy and peace in. Psalms 28, seven says this, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song, I give thanks to him. I know some of you are thinking, I don't want to sing a song. That's okay, you don't have to. The important part of the scripture is that the Lord is my strength. And when the people in your life feel weary, are you the one that's contributing to that? Are you saying, wait a minute, are we diving into the presence of God to see what God is doing? When the people in your life are feeling fearful of what's about to happen and what's coming up, or maybe even the unknown dads, listen, our responsibility is to say, you know what? There is a lot of unknown. There are things I'm not sure about. There are things I don't know what to do, but here's what I do know. God is in control. He's in charge. He's seated on the throne, and in him we can trust. That's what we keep watch for. The weary and the fearful. One thing I think is important to remember is that you and I, dads, we put courage in. Courage. If I were the king. (laughs) No? Nobody? (laughs) I don't know what that didn't work too well. (coughs) We put courage in. You know, one of the greatest things that we can do as dads is to remind our kids you can do this thing. Hey, we know we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. My, my daughter wrote a card to me today, and one of the things that she said is that I, I was so proud of, she said, "You encourage me to take risks." And I thought, you know what? That's one of the greatest things I can do for her. say that if you are taking a risk, then you're dependent upon what God can do. And I put courage in. I don't want to make her to feel like she can't accomplish it. That doesn't mean she can put anything she do anything she puts her mind to. Well, that's ridiculous. You can't fly, even if you believe you can fly. I believe I can fly. I had to. It was coming. I think another thing we need to be watchful for is lost time. Dads, look at me for a minute. Are you being intentional with your life? I was talking to my friend Steve this morning, and his stepfather just recently went uh, passed on from this life to the next. And as I share with you, uh, last year my dad passed away. And When that happens, it becomes increasingly obvious how short this life is. It was a crazy thing for me this summer, last summer, uh, to realize that my, if I passed away the same time and the same age that my dad did, that I only have 28 more years with my girls, that's not very long. Dads, are you being intentional with your time? Quit saying next week, next month, next year. We're going to get on track. Listen, I don't care what yesterday was like. I'm talking about the future. You're responsible to keep watch. You're responsible to keep watch. A show that I, I like uh, has a, a characters in it, and they're called The Night's Watch, and they have a creed, and I want to read this creed to you, and there's a, a couple of lines here that are not really significant for today, but listen to this. They're, they're responsible to keep the entire kingdom safe and secure, and this is what their creed says. Night gathers, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall wear no crowns and win no glory. I shall live and die at my post. I am the sword in the darkness. I am the watcher on the walls. I am the fire that burns against the cold, the light that brings the dawn, the horn that wakes the sleepers, the shield that guards the realms of men. I pledge my life and my honor to the night's watch for this night and all the nights to come. I love the sound of that creed. It's like no matter what, come hell or high water, I will stand my post, I'll keep my watch. And I want to encourage you, that's the, a characteristic of a great dad. Number two, a great characteristic of a dad is to stand firm. The scripture says, stand firm in the faith. You've heard terms like stand your ground, dig your heels in, stick to your guns. Do you know where that term stick to your guns comes from? Stick to your guns? It comes to, well no, it doesn't come from Texas. It comes from warfare in the 1800's. And warfare in the 1800's was dramatically different than it is today. Today, most warfare takes place with drones. Flying overhead, manned by a guy in a room millions of miles away. Millions is a little bit exaggerated. But in the 1800s, they did warfare with muskets that had one shot and to reload it, you'd have to do like this four step process to get it ready to keep the powder dry and have the musket balls ready. And you were doing war about the same distance as I am from you. And on the end of your musket was a bayonet. So you would stand almost face to face from the enemy. You would load your rifle and they would give the command. You would take aim, shoot, reload, fire. Take aim, shoot, reload, and guess what? Charge. Because the men are running at you full speed. And this term, stick to your guns, came in there saying, hey, don't abandon your post and don't abandon what's been put in your hands. Because the tendency was to become fearful, throw their rifle because it's very difficult to run with a six-foot rifle and a bayonet. And to turn and run because the enemy is facing just a few feet away. And I think when the scripture says stand firm, it's saying, hey, don't abandon your post. No matter how difficult, no matter how challenging, don't abandon your post. Dad, look at me. The people in your life need you and you're there for a reason. But look at me. It also means don't abandon the things that are in your hands. You know, so many times as dads, we feel, I'm telling you, the enemy works through shame with men more than anything else. And I think through the filter of what I haven't accomplished or what I could have done better. And I want to abandon the things in my hand, but God's given you giftings and talents And abilities, listen, the children, the spouse that you have, they need the very essence of what is on the inside of you. And even when times get tough or even if you make mistakes, don't abandon your post and don't abandon the gifts and the talents that God has given you. Stand firm. Stick to your guns. Stand firm. That means even when the enemy is running at you full speed and their feet away with a bayonet ready to attack you, Hey, I've got news for you. That's happening 24-7 in your life. Stick to your guns. But I love how the passage of Scripture doesn't just say stand firm. It says stand firm in the faith. So this isn't just about your strength and your knowledge and your ability. This is about the faith that God has called you. This is about the faith that God has commissioned you. This is about the faith that God has given you what you need. This is about the faith that, you know what? No matter what comes my way, I can do this because God is in me. The scripture says, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. It's by faith alone that we stand our ground in the hour of temptation. It's by faith alone that we can actually stand. It's by faith that we overcome the world. Listen to John chapter 5 verse 4. It says this, for everyone who has been born of God, that means people who have said yes to Jesus, overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith, it isn't your insight, your intellect, and your extremely amazing good looks. It's your faith. So don't just stand firm, but stand firm in the faith. Four characteristics of a great dad. Keep watch. Stand firm. Act like men. Keep watch. Stand firm. Act like men. I was thinking about what does that even mean to act like men? In fact, I hear that a lot. I just wish my my husband would be a leader in our home. I hear that a lot, What act like men. I was sitting in the office, and I thought, there's a bullwhip on the wall. And it is Father's Day. How many of you feel excited right now? How many feel a little bit nervous right now? Pastor Jeremy, you should feel nervous right now, that's for sure. I was thinking, what does it mean to act like men? And I saw a bullwhip, and I automatically felt manly. Do y'all feel excited right now? Pastor Jeremy, I want you to hold your hand up. Okay, I'm kidding. No, but you really do want to watch out. I'm going to see if I can make this thing work. Is that okay? It's Father's Day. I'm allowed to do this, yeah? I am extremely nervous. Let me move this out of the way. If I hurt somebody, uh, your presence here means that we are waived of all liability. Uh, So God in heaven, act like men. Here we go. Oh, we're so close. And if I get this, I want you all to cheer as loud as you possibly can. Is that okay? Do you all feel excited? Jeremy, hold your hand up. Oh, gosh, seriously. Oh, one more time, one more time, one more time, because I saw somebody just pull this their phone up for Snapchat. This is for real. Are you holding something up, Jeremy? Are you ready for this? Here we go. Oh, God. Woo! Come on. That's what it means to act like men, doesn't it? Three of you were asleep, and now you're awake, and I know who you are. We'll talk after church. It's okay. Act like men, and it says be strong. Be strong. Act like men. and Be strong. Literally, sometimes I... I think, uh, I think that sometimes that, that, that idea of act like men has, gets lost today. I mean, we, we face a society, we face a culture today where gender is a huge issue, is it not? We're not going to go there today, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. We face, we face a society today where I believe that men have stepped back into the shadows of just anonymity. Now, what I'm not suggesting is that you, as a female in this room, can't wield a a, a bullwhip. I'm not saying that you aren't strong enough. I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to you men. Act like men. And I love how it continues on. It says, be strong. What does that mean, to be strong? I think strength is fighting for the girl. Look at me in the eyes. I had a, a conversation with a couple just a little bit while ago, and just in the middle of this massive fight and just kind of done with marriage. And, and I just looked at him and I said, are you willing to fight for her? He lost that fight on the inside. I think strength is fighting for the girl. That doesn't mean she can't fight for herself. Ladies, this isn't about you today. Men, look at me. You know what we love about great action films? Things get blown up, people die, and the guy always goes back for the girl. Doesn't he? So, fight for your girl. Fight for your girl. If you're single in here, maybe you need to settle down a little bit. <laughs> hey, strength is defending your family in the week. Are you positioning your children and your family for the greatest season of their life ahead? Strength, listen to this strength is admitting when I'm wrong. Strength is admitting when I'm wrong. I found one of the greatest things that I can do in my family is when things go bad, or if I make a poor decision to go back to my kids and say, hey, I'm sorry, I behaved poorly. I think great strength is admitting when I'm wrong. To try to prove that you're right all the time, that's not strength. That's just pride. And pride always loses. That's scriptural. Strength is asking for help. Say, man, I'm not strong enough to do this on my own. I need some help. And say, hey, I need, I need some guys around me that can help me make the right choices moving forward. Strength is always asking for help. I think strength also is passionately pursuing the giver of strength. Guys, listen, we have a great team of women who help make this church happen. And we are all about empowering women in this church. But that doesn't mean we're going to empower women and let men slip into the shadows. Guys, let's lead our families by pursuing Christ. That doesn't mean you have to have more biblical knowledge than your spouse. It doesn't mean that you have to have more insight on how God works. It just means you need to pursue Jesus, and you know how to pursue things. It's amazing to me that sometimes you have a challenge reading the Scripture, yet you know where every freaking football player played high school ball and college ball, and you know what year he was drafted and which pick and all this stuff. You can tell me stats of who did what in game six. I played golf with you, and you remember playing that hole four years earlier and exactly what you shot on it, but then you try to tell me that it's challenging for you to get into the Word. No, it's a choice, so pursue God. Are you all tracking with me? Ladies, this is a good time to just not, not elbow your man. Just, we're just going to be men for a minute. Be strong. Pursue the giver of strength. Look at what this says. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you know that the scripture, uh, God told this to Joshua ten times? Ten times in the scripture, the Lord told Joshua, be strong and courageous. What he doesn't say is, hey, listen, Joshua, you are strong. Be strong and courageous because you are awesome. He doesn't say be strong and courageous because you're a valiant warrior. He doesn't say be strong and courageous because you are the chosen one to replace Moses. He says be strong and courageous. Why? For the Lord your God is with you. So strength doesn't mean you have to have all the answers. Strength doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Strength is found in the fact that you say, I know who my strength is. And some of us in this room may have lost that. It's not about what happened yesterday. It's about where we go from today. Are you tracking with me today? Strength. So act like men. Get a bullwhip today. Be strong. Be strong. Fight for the girl, not because she's weak and needs you, but because she's awesome and she needs to see the strength in you. Set your family and your children up for success. Hey, listen to me. Get them to church. Get them in the word of God. Let them see the faith come out of you. Even if you don't know where to start, I'll help you with that. But act like men and be strong. Four characteristics of great dads, keep watch, stand firm, act like men. I love how after all this whole thing, I don't know if if the writer Paul was specifically writing this to men. I just read this and I thought this is so good for us dads. But I love how after all of this, stand firm, keep the faith, keep watch, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Anyone? Nobody? Gosh. I need some white trash people in here to know when I'm referencing wrestling, Okay. Oh, yeah, brother. Nobody? Come on. Yeah, there it is. That's it right there. That's enough. You can go back to being Orange County now. Lacrosse, it's so good. <laughs> Water polo. Mm. Okay, we're moving on. It's Father's Day. I'm, I get a hall pass. <laughs> I love how after the rider says, keep watch, stand firm, act like men, and be strong. He comes up and he says, love without stopping. Love without stopping. Love without stopping. And I love the passage of scripture that's called the love chapter. And it just perfectly unpacks what love is. Because sometimes, I mean, how do you explain what love is? You, You just don't. You might sing a song, but that doesn't explain it. This passage of scripture unpacks some characteristics of love. And my encouragement to you today is if you're here and you're a dad, then just pick one of these characteristics and let that become the sound of your life for the next month. Then you can come back to the scripture and pick another one for the next month. And do so on and so forth. I'm telling you, man, you you radically change your life. It's amazing how just the little things of, of just simply applying the truth of God's word actually impacts us in such a profound way. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I read this at every wedding I ever do. I just love it. This is in the message version. It says this. If I give everything I own to the poor, and even go down to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. Let me translate that. If I bring home the bacon, and I provide a roof for my family, and clothes for their back, and make sure we can live and survive, But I have not love, I haven't accomplished anything. So no matter what I say, or what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Translation, if in my heart I know I love God, but there's no fruit in my life, nothing that's reflective of the love that I have for God, for I make sure that my kids get to college, I cohabitate with the woman that I said I do to many years ago, but I have not love, I'm bankrupt. So that means I can invest my life in actions, and I can do things for decades and still miss it. He goes on to say, Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. So it's not about my objective and my desires. Love doesn't want what it does not have. So I'm not working for a bigger home, a faster car. I'm going to value what I have in my hands. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep a score of the sins of others. And let me just take a moment to just talk to the ladies. One of the worst thing you can do is remind your husband of who he is not or what he hasn't accomplished or what he did wrong. That's a great way to destroy what God wants to do in a man. Love doesn't keep a score of the sins of others. That doesn't mean we accept Poor behavior. We talk about where we're going and what the potential is on the inside. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. But keeps on going to the end. Love never dies keep watch stand firm act like men and love to the end characteristics of a great dad in fact I kind of boiled it down into this last little statement if you want to be a great father then live your life for the people in your life because of the one who saved your life what a great statement want to be a great dad doesn't matter where you come from doesn't matter what happened before you walked through the doors and listen it doesn't matter the hardships that you face because some of you may be walking through a scenario or a situation that you don't deserve and that's okay let the sound of your voice and your heart men be. you know what I don't like where we're at but I know that this isn't the summation of who we are and God's got better things for us we put courage in we don't want to raise a generation of complainers Monday morning quarterbacks an entitled generation who thinks that I can get whatever I want and not work for it put courage in you know it isn't always been this way even though it feels like it is not always going to one of the greatest things I value about my dad is that every morning he got up at the butt crack of dawn that's biblical Hebrew means really stinking early They read the Bible and they prayed together every day. I don't remember a day where I didn't wake up and find them on the couch praying and reading together. And there was a season where we had nothing, and I mean nothing. We lived in a home that we were about to be evicted from for a month in Dallas in the summer with no electricity, no phone, no car. Literally. My dad got up every morning, lit a candle because we didn't have flashlights. No, it wasn't the 1800s. I don't know why we didn't have a flashlight. Maybe we couldn't afford batteries. I don't know. Read the word, walked to a bus stop, took a bus to job number one, finished job number one, took a bus to job number two, came home, was a great dad and did it all over again. You tracking with me? I never heard him complain always pursuing what's next, it's not always going to be this way, God's got plans for us. He put courage in, never wavered in his faith ever, ever, never, if anything his faith grew stronger and he had every right to and some of the decisions that he made prior to that are what got us in that scenario so he had every right to be completely engulfed with shame. I just wonder what God wants to do in our life. Keep watch. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. But always love. I wonder what we might change in this world with the people that we're raising, the lives that we influence. Four characteristics of a great. Amazingly enough, these are four characteristics of a great God. He's always watching to make sure we're okay. In fact, Jeremiah says that his plans are for us, to prosper us and to keep us. He stands firm in the faith that you're still worth it no matter what decisions you've made. He'll never waver in his love and his grace for you. He is strong. In fact, the scripture says... That he is our refuge and our strength. And he loves to the end, all the way to the end, so much so that he gave his son the greatest act of love, Jesus, who died on the cross for your sins and mine. I don't want to let Father's Day pass without giving you an opportunity to say, Yes. Jesus, Maybe you're here and you're like, I love the sound of this, but I don't know where to start. There's always a starting point. There's always a starting line. And it isn't perfection. It isn't erasing your past or even church membership, but it's simply saying yes to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and give you a chance to make that decision. You don't have to get out of your seat. We're not even going to embarrass you. You can pray that prayer right where you're at and let God do a work inside of you and some of you are here today and you've been running from God, today's the day to come running back to Him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, nobody looking around, no one moving. If you're here and you've never prayed that prayer or you need to pray it again, just repeat this after me in your own heart and say, God, I know you're real. I know you love me, that you've given me purpose. God, I have sin in my life Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the ransom for my sin. All across this room, if that's you, just in your own heart, just make this statement so real. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you.